0: Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host Gavin Meenan and on this podcast I will be speaking to inspirational individuals who specialise in the field of physical and mental health to offer you the tools that you need to become a stronger, healthier and more confident man in today's world. Welcome to episode number 75 of the Modern Warrior Podcast. Today, I am joined by Kimberly Hill. Kimberly is an international dating and relationship coach who supports men to attract and keep healthy, loving relationships. She has thousands of hours of direct, intimate work with men on confidence, dating and relationships, and brings a mastery of coaching, emotional maturity practices, and leadership to her clients. She is the host of the honest and relatable podcast, The Self-Confidence Project, where she talks candidly about the stuff we all face in life and in love. So, Kimberly, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Like I was saying, it's a sunny day here and I've just had a coffee and I got it free today because it was like my 10th stamp at the coffee shop. So I, I wrote in my gratitude journal that I was grateful for my free
0: coffee today.
1: <laughs> so i feeling good.
0: Everyone is free, does not it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, let's, let's capitalize on the good start yeah. and get stuck into this podcast. And I'm very excited to do so. So as I mentioned, came across your page there um, several months ago. And again, very relative content to a lot of the guys that I work with who are struggling in, in the dating, in the dating realm. And uh, it's a man as well who are in relationships, but maybe struggling to date their wife as well, which is another big factor. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've come across that and I've been in that dynamic myself where family and life and kids, you know, take over, and you begin to neglect yourselves within the relationship and no longer date each other. And therefore it becomes the uh, demise of the actual relationship. So is I that, some, is that, that's something you you've uh, you've come across with them? Like, Cause I know you're in the dating realm and is it solely single men or are you also speaking working with men who are married or in long-term relationships who are struggling
1: yeah, both. So it's, it probably as of today, I'd say it's like an 80, 20 split 80% of the men that I'm working with in the private one-on-one coaching practice, they are single. Um, typically they're single after having had a long-term relationship or after having divorced and they're entering the dating realm after seven plus years, sometimes 10, 15 years. And they're going, <laughs> Kimberly like, where, where do I start? I, this is not familiar to me. And I don't want to repeat the same mistake. I don't want to end up in another relationship that, you know, ends poorly. 20% of the men I work with are in fact in relationships and they are, they're needing just some kind of emotional outlet. They need some buddy to talk to about what's going on. Usually their goal here is that they want to fix salvage make better the relationship i'm not ever really working with men that are wanting to get coached on their way out Um, usually they're saying hey like i I do love this person and things aren't feeling right so what's my first step in trying to make amends and sometimes the third or fourth step is that they they do need to have some kind of couples counseling but usually they're coming to a coach like myself to say hey give me some of the tools. Cause I want to give this a try. I, I want to try and make things better. So it's about 80, 20 at the moment. And, and therefore my content that I put out is a lot about dating, um, but also a lot of advice and suggestions around how to have a healthy relationship. So, yeah.
0: yeah. What does that first step usually look like then for these guys? The first step for guys
1: that are in a relationship and want to make it better. Oh Yeah. Okay. So it's not an easy first step, but usually the first step is, um, well, understanding what they're missing first. A lot of guys, they place their value on how well they can please their partner. And while that's really sweet and women are like, that's nice. We, we want you to make us happy and, and you know, uh, put effort into the relationship. But what usually they're neglecting is what makes them happy first and foremost. And so, and this is not speaking to everyone, but this is me generalizing the issue. Usually the first step is them addressing what is missing and what they are needing. And then it's learning to start communicating that in the relationship. So many men that I work with will self-diagnose themselves as nice guys or people pleasers because they're feeling like they lack the fundamental ability to be really assertive with their female partners. They might be top dogs at work. They might be very confident and assertive in the workplace or even with their friends, sometimes even with their family, but for some reason and with their female partners, they don't have that same skill. <laughs> so they don't speak up or advocate for what they're needing or wanting, whether that's time alone whether that's more intimacy, whether that's more fantastical sex, whether it's a holiday together, whether it's shared duty, I don't know. Um, but they're, they're usually the first step is helping them understand what they feel is missing and then teaching them to kind of go and get that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When, uh, when you opened up that statement, I, I thought you're going to, you're going to say that uh, a lot of men base their happiness and relationship on the sex life on, on the, on how good the sex is in the marriage, isn't it?
1: Sometimes men do. Um, You see women value relationships slightly higher than men do on a general scale for looking at the differences between men and women. So women value the quality of their relationships and associate that with their self-worth. So usually women are putting pouring more effort into keeping friendships alive and relationships alive whereas men value like contribution like what they can kind of give the world in general, which is why you see that very stereotypical guy working too hard and women wanting time with him, (laughs) right? I have like a client who's a perfect example of this. He owns a, a trucking company in the United States, and he works very hard. He provides very well for his family. But fundamentally, the thing that's missing between them is like time for them to be curious with each other, to learn about each other's quality time away from work, away from kids. And that's what's been missing. But like you said, he does value his relationship a lot based on the sex life. That's not the case for all the men that I work with, but it certainly is the case for him. And he, You know, he is... Uh, <laughs> he's uh it's getting better he says uh and that's because he's communicating more with his wife (laughs) so she's probably more open to getting in the sheets with him but yeah some men do value the quality of their relationships solely based on sex life although a lot of the men i work with are uh are looking more broadly than that
0: okay okay yeah that's um yeah relative as well there's yeah there's a lot of men again yeah that they sort of get caught up in the um societal expectations okay in terms of the the job the money the all all the uh yeah all the, reward, all, all the rewards that come with 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 working hard but then they don't have the time and energy then to spend that or expand that in the relationship and then the relationship starts yeah. so, so is it as simple as improving communication or what does that even mean does that simply mean telling the woman exactly what you want or exactly what you feel is missing or is there something more to that because it yeah
1: well like i i hope that as individuals we can learn to be more proactive in our relationships so that we don't get to a point of crisis where we're then having to react the, the truth is is all of a sudden in a relationship, a man starts to speak up and ask for what he wants and all of a sudden is more clear in what he's needing and he hasn't done that for 10 years, it's still going to create conflict and discord. So woman's going to be like, who, who are you? Like, where is this coming from? She might even dismiss it. So I like to be more on the front foot and say, guys, before you even get into a relationship, you need to really be clear on the kind of relationship you want to have. Like what expectations do you have and where have those come from? What's really important for you? IE, what are your values? Do you want a relationship where you and your partner are exploring new hobbies and activities together? Or are you thinking that a relationship means that you provide and she's got her own social life. Like what are your expectations? Because going into a relationship, if that's not very clear, you're going to run into, into issues. So that clarity is, is why I guess 80% of the men I work with are single and they're saying, hey, what do I need to know and understand before I get into a relationship to give it the best chance of being successful? Um, but yes, you know, if you're already 15 years in or you're a couple years in and, and you're recognizing that you're kind of growing apart from your partner, Usually the first thing I would suggest is um, work on your friendship. So go have fun. If you haven't in the past year, learned something new together or tried a new activity together or even gone away on a holiday together, um, now is the time to go do that. We, we need to be able to carve out time to bond and learn about our partners. Um, and I was speaking to someone yesterday and uh, it was a, someone that might decide to work with me. Um, he um, He's divorced and he's dating again. And uh, he said a lot of, and I, I totally agree with him. He said, a lot of people see marriage as like the end destination of a relationship. Oh, we've met, we've had fun, now we're married. That's the goal, we've achieved it. When in reality, marriage is the beginning of your relationship. You're now committed to each other. How do you then continue to be curious about each other, continue to learn about each other, continue to get to know each other? Because we're ever evolving, we're ever changing. So, the woman you marry, guys, today or this year might look really different five years from now. So, what are you doing to get to know that version of her? And, of course, consequently, what the heck is she doing to get to know you as you? Mm -hmm. Expand and grow and change. So yeah, I might have got on a tangent there, but I hope I
0: answered your question. It's all relevant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Growing and evolving. Yeah, that's 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 part of life. And as as much as yeah, the woman you marry today may not be the same woman in five years' time, you're not going to be the same man either. And your interests and your values may change. So is it important when you talk about your values before you go into a relationship and understanding what you want? that whoever you are going on this journey with it may be a lifelong journey it may not be but you know that's the intention I think for most people when they do get married is that she's going to evolve with you
1: yeah look when people meet let's say you're dating right now and you're listening to this podcast and you're like well I'm not in a relationship right now but I'm dating and you're like how do I know if someone is going to be compatible for me um, most of us, and this is a really good starting point, most of us look to, of course, see if there's attraction there. We want to be attracted to someone. So okay, you know what you're attracted to and what you're not attracted to, usually. So once you feel some sense of attraction, usually the next thing we're looking for is like, what do we have in common? What can we both talk about that's exciting? Do we read the same books? Do we like the same sport team? Do we, you know, enjoy the same kind of food? Do we have the same idea of what fun travel is? So we're usually looking to bond over common interests. A lot of people stop there, right? Okay, I'm attracted to them. We like some of the same things, you know, like, what do you, What kind of books do you like? Because you and I might get along really well, And then if you don't understand what your values are, so if I want to have children and you don't, we're not going to be compatible. If I want to run a business and I don't want to be a mom, and that's not something I'm interested in, and I want to build a fortune 500 company, and I am planning to work 80 hours a week. And you're like, no, my dream is to like have a family. I don't care how many books you and I like, or how many sports you and I like together. We're not really going to be, we're not compatible. Because we have fundamental different ideas of what kind of life we wanna have, what kind of relationship we wanna have. So, most people are looking at the attraction, how they feel around that person in the early days, whether they have things in common with them, and they, they don't really assess whether the shared values are there. And that's why a lot of people then, two, three years down the road, realize, wow, we're, we've totally grown apart. We don't want the same things we have very very different ideas of you know our core values for me for example sense of adventure is a value of mine if i was in a relationship with so andrew's my partner if andrew didn't like adventure I just don't think that we would last because I want to camp and I want to travel and I want to work hard, but I also want to enjoy different experiences in life. And if a partner of mine valued working hard or, you know, you know, he didn't want to do those types of things. The truth is it doesn't matter how great the sex is or how attractive he is or whether we both root for the Vancouver Canucks, we're fundamentally not going to work out because we just want different things. Mm. That's, one of the areas people just don't really consider when they're dating. Yeah. you see someone attractive, they have something in common. Oh, oh no, we're in a relationship now. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Get clear on your values as well. So
0: important. There. Yeah. And yeah. but then don't a lot of men sort of compromise then as well or and and maybe women as well compromise and say, yeah, yeah but we're getting on so well together. And you know what, I might not meet someone like this again who likes yeah. the same interests as, as I have and you know, who laughs at my jokes and who I can have great conversations with. And you're sort of willing to excuse what she's not bringing to the table, you know, such as a family or such as. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. People do compromise and look in any relationship, a little bit of compromise needs to be present in order to make it work because you are two different people with different beliefs and different ideas of the world. However, If you fundamentally compromise on one of your core values, like if you and I are dating and I want kids and you don't, and I say, well, you know what? I still wanna stay with you. So I'll give up my dreams of being a mom. um, I'm gonna resent you really bad in a few years, right? So look, a little bit of compromise, like when we have those kids is one thing, but totally throwing away a value just to stay with someone, is maybe an okay short-term plan, but it certainly doesn't work long-term. And this is what happens with a lot of guys. These guys say, okay, well, she's hot and she likes me. So I'll just ignore the fact that she has a totally dysfunctional family. And I'll ignore the fact that she drinks a little bit too much um, because she's sexy and because I haven't been loved in a while. And so I'll just tolerate that. But five years down the line, you realize that you don't know that person. You've grown apart. She drinks too much. And she doesn't value family in the way you do. And you overlook those things because you value the idea of love over things like compatibility and obviously your core values. So yeah, that that happens all the time. I've done it. I mean... I've done it ton, tons of times. Um, most everyone I know has done it. <laughs> we overlook the deal breakers. We overlook the red flags because we're preoccupied with the other things that feel good and we want to chase that good feeling. And we're flooded with oxytocin and, and dopamine and we're not using the logical brain. So, none of what I'm saying here is easy. The only way to really accomplish this as men, women, whoever's listening, is slow down when you're getting to know someone. You don't need to rush into that commitment. Spend some real time with someone before you make that choice. Because shouldn't that choice to marry someone and commit to someone be the choice? Like, is that not the plan? Is that when you decide, hey, I'm choosing this to be my partner? Like, are you not wanting that to be for life, or at least thinking you want it to be for life? So If you have your whole lives together, don't rush, take some time to really get to know what that person is like when you're alone, when they're around your friends and family, when they're going through a difficult time or something stressful has happened. Like what what are all these sides of the person you're with like? Because usually we're only seeing that one dimension initially, the best side of them, (laughs) but in three months time, how do they handle a little bit of stress, right? Because we all have multiple versions of ourselves, and uh, we do a very good job in the beginning of trying to hide the icky stuff. <laughs> um, but it comes out, so get to know someone before you say, "Hey, you're going to be my person forever." At least, at least that's what I advise. But, yeah,
0: yeah. Should you develop a good relationship with yourself first before you start to build a relationship with someone else, or is this something that you can? Again, do it together, or is there a bit of both? Like as you're developing a better relationship with yourself, Mm -hmm. find someone who's maybe on the same wavelength as you at that point. Because again, yes, we're always evolving and always progressing in life and growing. And you can sort of go on that journey together. Or should you have, I don't know if anyone has their shit together, but as close (laughs) to having your shit together before um, before you invest in a relationship with someone else. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, look,
1: some some men, some women, some men uh, feel that they need to have their entire lives in order before they're worthy of a partner. Which means they think they need to be totally financially free. They need to have the home. They need to have kind of like American dream all sorted before they feel like they're worthy of a person. Well, that's not necessarily healthy, right? So, but you shouldn't also not take care of your health or fitness or have anything in order and, you know, be dating because then what happens is you rely on your partner to be the source of all your joy. And now you're in a codependent relationship. So should you be working on yourself and the relationship with yourself? Absolutely. Are you in a place in your life? That's the question you can ask yourself. How satisfied do I feel with my life right now as a single man? Right. If you're pretty satisfied, yet you have a few things you still want to work on, get out there and date because when are you ever going to be perfect? But if you're really unhappy and you're really unsatisfied with your life and you hate your job and you're in tons of debt and you're struggling with friends and you're struggling with your health, well then right now, the only thing you should be focusing on is improving yourself to a point where you are satisfied. And I use the word satisfaction because that's a much more robust and accurate measure of how we are doing in our lives versus happiness. We're not always happy every day. So we don't want to say, I'm going to wait until I'm happy to then date. Well, I get it. You want to have some happiness happening in your life, but you really want to say, Hey, am I satisfied? Am I satisfied with my career direction, my satisfied with what I'm learning, my satisfied with my hobbies, my satisfied with my friends and my relationships with family and maybe my spirituality or my health and fitness. And if I'm overall pretty satisfied yet, there's still areas I want to improve on. Absolutely. Go out, find a special person, see whether or not that person wants to also continue to improve and grow with you. um, Cause that would be a, a much better match, right? And then, yes, you can have what a lot of people are talking about these days is that conscious relationship. What the heck is that? Does that mean we're meditating for seven hours a day and and, uh, we only eat vegan? No, a conscious relationship means two people who have a strong identity who want to put the effort into having a healthy relationship, which means they're checking in with each other, which means they're willing to have hard conversations, which means they don't run away from conflict. And which means they're constantly self-improving themselves and the relationship. That's a conscious relationship. It's not that pretty guys. (laughs) Uh, It just means, Hey, I'm willing to put effort in instead of giving up when things get tough. So
0: yeah. Yeah. How satisfied
1: are you is the measure.
0: So what happens if you are 10 years into relationship, but you've, you've, uh, you've somewhat skipped those fundamental steps in terms of, understanding your values and knowing what you want in a relationship mm-hmm. only to discover it five or 10 years into a, into a marriage. And then you realize, Oh shit. Um, the woman I'm with isn't living in line with my values or doesn't complement my values. Where do you take it from there? Cause I'm sure that's something you, you must, ah. because uh, like myself when I was back in the dating game there was nothing about this. There was no, there was no relationship coaches uh, tell me what I needed to do or what I uh, needed to establish before I yeah. developed a relationship with someone else. So I think a lot of men in their, whatever, late thirties or forties didn't have that knowledge at hand to know what they needed to do before they pursued with a marriage or pursued in a relationship. And then again, they discover it 10 or 20 years into the relationship. And yeah. where do you get there? is that again going down and having a very honest conversation with your, with your spouse or your wife and telling Mm -hmm. her how it is and seeing if she's going to again compromise or she's going to come up to your level or is there something else there?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know if that one's a perfectly straight path. That'd be pretty difficult if you're 10 years into or 20 years into a relationship. And then let's say you come across this material. So you're kind of having like an identity crisis, so to speak, you're like, wow, I'm, I'm not living the way that I had a client exactly like this, 20 years of marriage. And then he he got divorced and he realized the whole marriage, I was trying to be what I thought I should be. And I realized now, 20 years later, that that's not who I really am. And I've been playing this role this whole time. So in his situation, it didn't work out and they got divorced and that may be the path. Okay. It may be that you get that, you say to your partner, like, I'm going through a difficult time, I'm having some realizations, I would like some support during this time while I explore what that looks like for me. And, you know, if you're in a strong relationship, they hopefully will give you that space to explore what that looks like. So then maybe you get clear and you realize, wow, I've stepped into this fatherhood role and I've poured myself into this you know, this family life, which has been important to me, but I've given up, I don't know, my dream for art or I don't know, I'm making something up right now. And so you realize that there's kind of crisis of confidence. Well, guess what? You can do both of those things. You just have to work out what that looks like. And and maybe your partner does support you and gives you some space to go tinker and figure that out. If they are not supportive of you, if they if a woman tells you how you should be if she tells you what you should value then you may need to think whether or not you're in a relationship that is supportive of the life that's very important to you so sometimes and i've been like this in my past relationships where i kind of met a, a man and i had an idea in my head of what his potential what he should be like and if he strayed from that it would make me uncomfortable cuz i like being in control so i'd kind of Manipulate essentially uh, my partner to stay the way I wanted him to stay. And well, guess what? Those relationships didn't work out <laughs> because, you know, that's not healthy from me and that's not going to work from him. So there's going to be so much discord. So yeah, I don't think there's a real straight line there. I think if you are coming to that realization in your own relationship, then um, the first step is, is probably seeking some support for yourself so that you can get some clarity on what is really important to you at that point in your life and maybe even how to start having some of those conversations with your partner so you can give it the best chance of success and survival. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't want to, hopefully people don't want to give up on something that they have spent many, many years building, but there are circumstances where... Um, you know, it is time to move on. Yeah. I've got a, I had a client that um, has been married a very long time. Um, classic people pleaser type man. He has been um, essentially living his life in a way to please his partner. And his partner has an alcohol issue. Okay. She is an alcoholic and uh, he doesn't want to leave her because uh, the, the idea of moving on and what's next in his life is scarier than staying in the discomfort, even though he's with an alcoholic partner that's causing him to uh, be so, so unhappy in his life. In that situation, um, if a partner does not want to help themselves, if they don't want to put any effort in, um, it's not your job to fix them. That's a hard realization to have. And uh, a lot of people won't move on, but some people will find the strength to do that. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Again, you (laughs) can. Your your difficulties around their behavior to them and help them become aware of it. But yeah. If they're not willing to make the change, then it's up to you to to make the change. But of course, change is so difficult. Change is lost. You have to be willing to leave something behind, or else you may potentially lose everything. You know. So that's yeah,
1: that's- yeah. Those aren't easy choices, right? Those are really big life decisions, especially when there's kids involved. You know, people then say, okay, well, because there's kids involved, I will then elect to suffer for seven more years until they're of age, and then I'll leave. And I don't know. I mean. There's no necessarily right or wrong here, but my thoughts, and this is, again, this is purely my opinion and the experience I've had is if a partner chooses to stay in a relationship for the sake of the kids, but they are fundamentally unhappy, you're actually teaching your children a lesson that it's okay to sacrifice and be unhappy for that long of a time. And they're also growing up seeing mom and dad, not in love, not having fun and Or you choose to move on and you lead a life that is more satisfying while developing and keeping a healthy relationship with your children, which is better. You decide. Um, My thoughts are, you know, we need to be living a life that is satisfying from the inside out. And then we share that satisfying life with our partners. But if we are unhappy and we're not satisfied and we're not doing the things that fill us up, then we are not the best version of ourselves for anyone else anyways there's not much one can give from a very empty cup so i suppose the message i'm sharing here is whomever is listening to this what is it that does make you feel good what do you do that you know gives you some sense of purpose or fulfillment you don't have to have some earth-shattering purpose or to change the entire globe but if you feel really good when you're making a contribution here or you're feeling really good when you're creating something there then you know do more of that because then your cup is going to be full and what overflows is what you can share with people around you but mm-hmm. a lot of us uh, a lot of us are living with very empty cups at the moment so
0: yeah prioritizing yeah. yourself yeah before you yeah yeah yeah
1: men yeah. think that's selfish right but it's it's men need to prioritize themselves 1st controversially I would say they then need to prioritize their purpose and their contribution or what makes them feel good second then it would be their partner right that doesn't mean the partner is way down the list and doesn't need priority and effort from you and date nights and dinners cooked and chores done or you know vacations planned that still needs to happen but if you don't make yourself satisfied. And if you don't do what lights you up, then what is there to give your partner? If your partner was first, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just to bring it back to the fundamentals, perhaps and ask you a very straight out question. Hmm. Why is there a need for a relationship coach from your perspective in today's world?
1: Like why is there a need for relationship coaches in general?
0: Well, for you, for for the role that you do, why do you feel like it's such a a crucial and necessary role in today's world?
1: Well, why do I feel like what I do is important? I mean, just look around at how many people are having mental health issues, um, especially how many, and the reason I work with men is because men are a very under-supported part of the population when it comes to mental health. In fact, men struggle more after breakups than women do. And that's because women tend to have more of a social outlet. If you look at men today, the men that aren't feeling very satisfied, they don't have much connection around them. So I feel, especially with like what I do and the message I'm sharing to, as a woman, empower men to say, Hey, we're not all bad bitches over here. We do value men as women and we want to see you succeed. And there are some really wonderful women out there that can be real great partners to men. I feel it's very important that there are coaches out there because it's one outlet to support people. I also feel like having strong friends and family is very important. I also feel like counseling and therapy is important. I also feel like spiritual practices, if that works for you, like breath work or meditation, or even Other fancy things I don't know about, psychedelic integration, other things are very important for people. And I think why relationship coaching is one of those things is because people need to be able to choose what resonates and works for them. And if we have different outlets of support that have been made commonplace so that a man doesn't feel like he's weak for reaching out for support, then all the better, because there's this, um, it's a joke, but it's not a joke. It's a very dark joke. And it goes, um, how do you know a man is depressed, right? He kills himself. It's It's an awful dark joke that highlights the fact that men don't share what they're struggling with and they don't share their emotions. So if I can be one woman who puts on a colorful dress and speaks to men and says, I am happy to support you as a woman from a female perspective to say, this is what us women can handle. And don't worry. You can tell us no sometimes, and I can help guide these men and empower them to feel really strong, especially when they relate to women. Then I feel like I'm contributing just something that fills my purpose up and makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, relate whether it's relationship coach, I don't push one Avenue. I don't think that relationship coaching is the only way to go. And I'm here talking about me being the best coach in the entire world. And you got to choose me. It's like, no, you figure out who you resonate with and what modality works for you. And maybe you want to try therapy. And then maybe if that doesn't feel like it's making progress in your life and you want to try coaching, if that doesn't work, then try something else, but just don't give up, find what works for you. So, um, yeah. And, And I always say to single guys, if you hire a dating coach, you are putting yourself on a step above other guys that aren't doing that kind of work. So, If you want to give yourself a slight edge, do what all the big athletes do and CEOs. They hire someone to push them that little bit further. So they achieve that little bit more greatness and they maybe achieve it a little faster than other people. Can you still be successful in your life without getting support from anyone? Of course
0: you can, as long as you're supporting yourself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for sharing that. That's, that's quite powerful. And yeah. Why I do the work I do as well, you know. There's there's so many men who who needs that direction and guidance in their life, and
1: men need hugs, hugs like men, men need physical touch. Men men need to be held by their women, and men need to be like given big bear hugs by other dudes and say like this is a safe place because men and women, we both have that inner child inside of us that feels lost and scared and is tired and is unsure and is, you know, doubting themselves and is hurt and afraid. And when we have that community or love or support from someone that can just hold us and give us that safe space for a moment, it can be very transformative and very powerful. And that's why you see tons of men's groups out there. And these guys are standing in circles and they are all kind of like getting emotional but then it's you know you can do it it's a safe place yeah and get a hug by someone because that can be very uh, transformative and
0: comforting comforting yeah. yeah do you work with men who also are going through breakups from relationships
1: uh-huh i do yeah uh, usually those men aren't seeking support i have found um it's usually i get a I i get a couple of consults from guys and they write in that intake form they're like I want to get my ex back. I won't work with those men, okay? okay? Because right now, those men—what I have found—and this is not true for all of them, but they're going. I don't care what I need to do as long as it gets my ex back. And I go, I'm not going to support you with that because I'm not going to support you to chameleon or shapeshift or become someone you're not just to win the affection of a woman who's already discarded you. Like, what kind of service would I be offering if that's what I was doing? So, if I see consults like that. I will politely turn them down or lead them to other resources. But if a man is saying, I am struggling to get over my partner, I know it is over, but I emotionally am feeling really stuck. I need help to work through that and to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Love doing that kind of work. Worked with a client for about six months last year doing just that helped him process, helped him get clear on what moving forward would look like. And then months later, we started to move forward and his energy and confidence and work was getting better and his friend relationships were better and his health was better and he was clear on what he was looking for. It's like, yeah, that's
0: the kind of journey that's really powerful. Um, so is, yeah, just had a there,
1: yeah.
0: Is there an underly, underlying dynamic there where, like I do feel a lot of men when they go through a breakup, like it hits them Mm -hmm. really hard. I've, I've had, I've had a lot of men as well who've reached out to me during breakups and we end up working together, or it could be just someone reached out to me on a, on a story Uh, or on a message on Instagram and got to give them some insight in terms of helping them just change the narrative around the breakup of the the relationship or how he perhaps sees his ex-girlfriend. And Do you feel that there's like an underlying narrative there that destroys these men after after a breakup? Like from my own perspective, it seems like these men have already had a gaping void within and the woman sort of steps in to nurse that wound for them for a period of time perhaps, and then she leaves again and completely exposes that. And the one word or the one sentence I, I tell these guys, anyone who's going through a breakup, I don't know if you... Agree with me or not, but um, I said, brilliant. This is excellent. This is an unbelievable opportunity. Something you mm-hmm. may never have again. So, yeah, let's get after it. Um, and at the beginning, of course, they, they think I'm crazy, but you know that that opportunity, we do chase it, and they can certainly reflect back months later and thank that experience for happening because they learned so much from it. So. Yeah that perspective yeah, from, is good. Yeah. From your own perspective, like is there an underlying mm-hmm. underlying narrative there that that completely destroys these guys when it comes to a relationship? You know, maybe the idea of her or something else that
1: well, of course, everyone's experience will be a little different. And how it impacts men is also gonna relate back to their childhood experience. So whether they have an abandonment wound or things like that. But usually, like if I'm giving you just a a blanket reason why it's it's because men blame themselves for the demise of the relationship even if like let's say the woman steps out and has an affair um, men usually are blaming themselves so that's them digging a very deep pit of shame and despair and feeling really crappy about themselves thinking that if I was only better If I had just done that differently, if I had just communicated this way, if I had just come home earlier, some nights that wouldn't have happened. So if I can just change that, those 18 things about myself, I can go back and have that help happy relationship. And that's usually why they're struggling so much because they are carrying the weight of all of it on their shoulders. And I am one to say, look, we have to, own our own choices in life but i don't believe that you need to take the weight of the world on your own shoulders two people in a relationship means two people are responsible for what's happening um so yeah i find that that's usually the case when when men are like really in that what i would call like despair or pit of despair or feeling really desperate is because they're blaming themselves for absolutely everything
0: Mm. okay which is underlying cause for a lot of men's Woes and issues, isn't it? Like they've they've been given this heavy load of expectations and pressure from a very young age. Ultimately, and relationships, perhaps, is one of them. And yeah, yeah. it's something. That yeah, we- they
1: they feel responsible for keeping their woman happy. They feel, I put a I put a reel out ages ago before I started doing my little short reels really consistently. I put this one message out, and I'm not going to remember exactly verbatim what I said, but I said, I said, men, you're not responsible for keeping your wife or your girlfriend happy. I said, it is her responsibility to live a life that brings her satisfaction and happiness so that she can share it with you and conversely yourself. And that kind of went pretty crazy viral because men were like, Somebody's a woman is saying this, <laughs> right? A woman is saying this, like, Oh, I'd like this weight lifted off their shoulders to say, Oh, a woman is telling us it's okay. Not to constantly be pleasing her all the time. It's like, if that is the expectation of the person you're with guys, no matter how amazing you are, you won't be able to fulfill that role because you cannot make someone else happy, despite how hard you try. So if you understand that it is each individual's responsibility to have a life that they're satisfied with so that you guys can share it and become an awesome team, then that's a much healthier understanding to go into a relationship with. Now, guys, that doesn't mean you get to be lazy and never date your woman or help her with certain things that she really needs help with or, you know, like... Do the things that you know will make her happy because you should do that from time to time. And conversely, she should do those things for you too. But to take on the responsibility saying, I need to always please them, always make them happy. Well, then you are living your life for someone else. Mm-hmm. You are not living your own life. And guess what? You're going to be very, very unhappy down the line.
0: So, yeah, it's going to build resentment. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. And again, to go back to uh, more simplistic terms, if there's someone out there who is looking to start dating yeah. when it comes to, what do you call them, systems or strategies? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we, do we use uh, dating apps or do, do does, does this person uh, ramp up their their social media game? I think I had so Pat Steadman on a podcast with me months and months ago but he was sort of against the the dating apps and he, he was big on usual social media platform and they get your personality across that because they're going to get to know you much better through your instagram as opposed to just seeing okay. your photo on tinder so sure. however that that narrative
1: I, I i don't know him and his message but my instinct is like oh i disagree with that because now we're putting these pressure on guys to like create an image that maybe they think that they should be creating but isn't really authentic to them. So I don't think we need to be diving tons of energy into an avatar or a character persona. For me, I say balance is key and yeah, try online dating if you want. Um, Maybe get some help building a profile so it comes across authentic so that you're attracting what you're really truly looking for. Sure, if you have a social media account uh, and you want to, you know, meet people that way. Absolutely. But do I recommend that you make your account look a certain way just because you think that's what's going to catch the type of woman? Not necessarily. I don't, I don't think people need to be putting that kind of pressure on themselves to look perfect to the outside world. I would also be saying um, if social media and online dating apps blew up tomorrow and they didn't exist, how would you go meet people? like, where are you going? Like and the are like, uh, I go to the bar, but I don't really drink. So maybe that's not the best place. I'm like, come on another place. Mm, maybe they are like, maybe the dog park, but I don't have a dog, but I could borrow my friend's dog to go there. And I'm like, okay, what? where else? Like, let's keep going. And then the people, especially in the last two years are like, how do i have social skills like where do i go to meet somebody so they're relying on social media they're relying on online dating and as soon as we have a high expectation or push really hard to hope for some kind of outcome that's when we face resistance that's when that neediness energy comes across that women don't like from men so You need to really think, and this is what I'm coaching guys on all the time. I will help you create a great profile. I will teach you on what you can say to women. That's going to give you a better chance of connecting with them. I will uh, help you design a social media page if that's really what you're interested in. But I am also going to whip your button to shape and say, if those things didn't exist, what are you doing in your life that's inviting these quality women into it? And that's what I like to work on alongside that other stuff because that other stuff is very superficial. Mm -hmm. And you are more than that. A man is more than the clothes he wears or the image that he puts out there. He's who he is on the inside. He's his values. He's his contribution. He's, He's so much more than that. So that's what I like to do. I will cover all of it, but I will definitely challenge men to say, the world needs more from you than dating from your freaking couch. <laughs> so what are you doing to go attract these women and to build a life that you love? Because if I look back and I'm, I'm on a rant here, but I'm going to use my one or two of my personal experience of how I did meet some of my previous partners. None of them were online. I met a guy on a train that I dated for a while. I met uh, my long-term partner in an elevator and, uh, where else was, uh, another like random place like that. Why was I, was I, did I have a sticker that said I'm single, come date me? No, I was doing things that I love. Kimberly in her twenties had certain hobbies and things that she enjoyed doing. And she went and did them, whether people came with her or not. And I remember sitting on a train and I was just on my way to work, but I was living in Australia. I'm from Canada. I had a great job. I was in, uh, outfit that i liked i was feeling good about my life i had great friends i was not i was single right none of my happiness relied on whether i had a man or not i was just enjoying myself i was listening to music with my earphones and i guess my face was you know happy i was smiling or i was moving my head to the beat of the music and totally in my own world and a guy named jonathan tall handsome guy walks up to me and he had the confidence to kind of just wave get my attention. Cause I had music in my ears. And so I was like, I kind of looked at him and I was like, he's kind of sexy. And I was like a little flushed in the face and, but I was happy. And and Kimberly knows how to be confident, even though she's shy. So I took my earphone, earphone phone on my ear. And I was like, hello, like, what could you possibly need from me? Like, do I, is there something here that you forgot on the seat? Like, <laughs> and he said to me, he said, I seen you on this train a few mornings. Um, I just needed to walk over and say, you look so happy. There's something so beautiful about your energy. And he's like, I just needed to come introduce myself. What's your name? We had a very small chit chat. And he said, look, if you want to get together, he said, no stress. If you don't, here's my number. I called him, obviously (laughs) it was such a nice interaction. The point I'm making is I wasn't online dating. I wasn't Even doing anything specific, I was just living a life that I was satisfied with. I was on my way somewhere, and the energy I was giving off was that I'm happy, I'm confident in my life, and that attracts people to you. So, I always say to guys, What are you doing right now in your life that brings you some kind of joy or happiness? Because do more of that and watch women come out of the freaking woodworks and start contacting you. And that's what happened to one of my last clients that lives in Texas. We started focusing on some of that stuff. And like one week he called, he's like, I don't want to blow smoke up your butt, Kim. But so-and-so just reached out to me and I haven't heard from her in ages. And then so-and-so just messaged me on social media saying like, you look great. look like you're having fun out on the boat. Like, what are you doing this weekend? And he's like, these ladies, he's like, they're just coming out of nowhere. And all he was focusing on is just doing what brought him joy. So that's another way, right? That's a lot less stressful than uh, online dating.
0: <laughs> and also, uh, Jonathan had the balls to come up and actually approach you as well, you know? So there's that too. Jonathan
1: had the balls and Jonathan knew one of the strategies I sometimes teach men, which is the, the kind of the quick approach. Um, and if we had time, we could go into that. But he, he was not needy. He wasn't perfect. He also got a little shy too, but he had enough confidence to say hello he, uh, he was not attached to the outcome. Okay. He said when he handed my number, if you want no stress, if you don't right?" he was not needy for me to call him. He was just hoping I would, but he is going to survive if I did so it. So he came up, he introduced himself. He didn't say anything fantastical, although he did give me a compliment. That was not "you're beautiful. It was something more unique. Mm-hmm. Then he asked me out but he had no attachment to the outcome. And then guess what? He left. He walked away. He got off the train. He was gone. Mystery man who just spoke with me is no longer here. So if I want to see him again, I better call him. Yeah. yeah. So that was, it takes so much more pressure off men. They think like, how do I start a conversation with a beautiful woman? Well, you don't necessarily need to have a big, long conversation. You just need to introduce yourself, say something and yeah have some kind of small exchange and then get on your way because you're a guy that has shit to do right you're not there to hang out for three hours on the train picking up ladies that's not your full-time <laughs> job you got a job to go to right you're an employed man so be gone get out of there right? just
0: just, uh, just make sure you're really close to your step that if she does yeah. so, you can just fucking leg like it and, and have your dignity in, intact
1: <laughs> that or it could be been great chatting with you and you go back to your seat and you pick up your newspaper because you're not desperate for that attention from a woman. Like you're confident just going back and doing your own thing. That's, that's, a-, a, that's a skill that a lot of guys well, yeah. do. They don't know it and they lack it a little bit. They, they fumble thinking they need to um, kind of be like a Ricky Gervais in uh, in conversation, right? I got to really woo her and make her laugh for 30 minutes here. Otherwise, I'm not going to have a chance. No, mm-hmm. no, no
0: don't but, do that and, and that's what that's what women find attractive is that confidence isn't it is that not the the uh the detachment from the outcome and hey yeah. if she says no it's fine I- i'm still good yeah.
1: i'll survive it's it's the guys that where she says no they try and convince her to change her mind that that happens in movies it don't happen in real life at that point the lady's like now she's kind of like you're bothering me and it doesn't that doesn't go well <laughs>
0: Red yeah for sure yeah well just just to wrap it up uh, if something i was thinking of if there was someone here again who's about to go um even on a date sometime soon or in uh, who is dating yeah what are some of the what are some of the generic red flags that they need to be made aware of when it comes to approaching a woman on a date or whilst they're dating someone like some of the generic ones for themselves so that they can possibly avoid it.
1: Okay. So like red flags to look out for on first kind of second date with a lady.
0: Well, red flags to look out for within themselves ultimately. Oh, within themselves.
1: Oh, okay. I like how you asked that question. Okay. Let me think on that. So red flags guys need to be aware of. Um, Okay. So we'll want to, maybe this is answering the question backwards, but what guys want to look for, maybe not in the first 20 minutes of a date because we're all nervous or excited, but you guys want to be able to feel like they can be themselves Mm -hmm. when they're getting to know a lady. So if you don't feel that way, if you kind of are already walking on eggshells right in the beginning, because you're afraid of how this person might react, that's not really a good sign. (laughs) Right. So be mindful of that within yourself. Um, Another thing that guys should look out for within themselves is even if a woman's really attractive and you get excited, um, slow your brain down because you may want to like commit and lock her down because you think that that means you're doing a good job, like by getting an attractive woman. But if you don't know anything else about her yet, like slow your role. Okay. Cause you know, she could be the hottest thing in the room, but three weeks from now, she's going to be your worst nightmare. Wow. So if you find that you're like getting really excited, super early on about trying to commit to someone that can be like a trauma response in yourself. It could be like a lot of insecurity coming out. So slow down and give it some space. That's another thing that I would say, like, look out for within yourself. Um, oh, and then another thing for men, this can happen sometimes. Um, if very early on you are going like above and beyond to impress the person. So you're spending tons of money or you're going to restaurants you can't really afford, or, um, you're doing things that are like outside your normal personality, but just to try and woo that person, like check your sale before you wreck yourself. Like that can be considered love bombing in many cases where you're, you're, um, you're trying to win that person's affection through superficial things versus who you truly are. So if you're doing that, if you're trying to buy your way into someone, stop because that's not how we start a healthy relationship. Right? Like sure, everyone loves to be treated and taken out to nice places and have fancy see things done for them. But if that's the only way you know how to woo a woman, then yeah pause dating go back to working on yourself because that's not going to be a long-term strategy for you could be a short-term strategy could be a short-term strategy right that's... Move her, get her in bed move yeah. on that's your strategy whatever no judgment here if you're really looking for something long-term and healthy you're going to want to build a foundation yeah. that's based on more than gift giving and uh impressing someone so yeah. those are the three that i can think of right now
0: Realistic, realistic expectations ultimately you know um We can continue to sustain so yes uh thank you Kimberly and where can all the good men find you and sort out their dating lives
1: yes um so a couple different places Uh, of course I have an Instagram account where I'm putting out little tidbits of advice and that is just my full name so you can find me at Kimberly Nina Hill um dating and relationship coach so I'll come up um my website is a good place to go. If you're thinking, oh, like I want to learn a little bit about maybe, you know, working with Kimberly, that's again, www.KimberlyNinahill.com. Um, and if you kind of like this conversation, you want to hear more of the things that I have to say, then you can check out my podcast as well, which is uh, the Self-Confidence Project. Uh, and that's on iTunes, Spotify, and you can... Listen to me blabber away on there if you want. I bring on great guests and things like that. So those three avenues, depending on maybe what info you're looking for.
0: (laughs) Well, I've enjoyed, I've thoroughly enjoyed your blabbering here. So thank you. (laughs) I go check them out myself the the podcast, and uh, for sure, um, I do check out your Instagram. So some brilliant stuff there. Yeah, Uh, keep it coming. Thank you so much, Kimberly. You're most welcome. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.